I had so much fun talking to Mike Thompson, who's a partner at Spark Recruiting. And Mike is passionate about bringing the humanness back to recruiting. And he has some great tips for managers in terms of how they can make the recruitment process more fulfilling, fun, and increase their odds of finding and recruiting valuable team members to complement their team. So you should definitely check this interview out. Okay, so welcome everyone. Uh, today, I'm very happy to be speaking with Mike Thompson. So Mike has been working in the recruitment world since 2009. He's a partner at Spark Recruiting, which he launched with a partner in January. And Spark Recruiting's aim is to humanize the hiring experience for managers and for candidates. I love that on their website, their website, sparkrecruiting.ca, on their website, they talk about the fact that organizations spend far more um, time and money to attract clients than they do candidates that they're bringing into their organization, and they're trying to change that. So Mike's a thought leader in this area of connecting and matching great organizations with great candidates and vice versa. And all of that is reason enough to have a great conversation with Mike. But the clincher for me was that I heard Mike reference John Oliver in an interview that he did a little while ago. So anyone who loves John Oliver is okay by me. And I knew that we had to chat. So with that, Welcome, Mike, and I look forward to our discussion today. Thanks for having me, and I'm glad we kicked this off with a John Oliver reference. Yours was much better than mine, so great, <laughs> great to have, great to be here, and thanks again so much for having me on. Thank you. So let's jump right into things. So um, the recruitment process, as you know, it's exciting. It's an adventure. It's a great opportunity for managers to bring in fresh energy, new ideas, and so forth into their team. But if I think back to some of my experiences recruiting um, in my career, often when I had to recruit, it was more of a problem that just needed to be solved, right? So maybe somebody left or maybe there was a new um, position that was opened up. And now on top of my full plate of deliverables, I had to find time to sift through resumes, write down interview questions and get somebody um, filled, filled that position. And I will admit that one of my bigger uh, missteps as a manager was actually making the mistake of hastily putting a bum in a seat because I wanted to get on with things as opposed to taking the time to find the right candidate. It was a whole disastrous outcome, which I've never done it again. But what would you say? Because that whole experience of managers being, you know, swamped with, with responsibilities, and now this is an added activity that they need to do, what what are some what are some tips or advice that you would share with managers to make this a more, you know, meaningful experience? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the people management job today is hard. There's a lot of demands being placed on individuals to not only deliver results, but also make sure that they're ambassadors of the culture, their their retention rates are good and they can grow and attract talent. It's not an easy job. Um, I'm here to change that perception of the hiring process. A lot of the times we see that as very stressful, very frustrating, very professional and buttoned up. When, when you peel it back and think about attracting talent and building your team, it's fun. It's an exciting opportunity to inject in some new skills, some new experiences that can change the dynamic of your team in a positive way. So approaching this as less of a stressful, another thing to do on your to-do list, starting with the mindset of what can I bring in here? What can I add to this team to make it better? Uh, and that would be the starting point I would suggest to someone is, is first of all, realizing you're in a great position. 
you're in a hiring position where you get to bring somebody in to make your team better. So when you, when you start the project from that position, it changes how you're going to approach it. Now it's a matter of thinking about, okay, what is my team currently? Having some self-awareness to say, like, what are the strengths of the team? What are we good at? And where can we make some improvements? And then thinking about how that'll start the conversation in terms of what you would like to get in terms of bringing into your team and what you can offer them in return for that. So I think it's just a mindset change from the beginning of thinking about it as rather than a quick fix and taking a breath and saying, this is an opportunity to make my team better. Yeah, totally. And there's so many things where mindset is really the starting point. Like once you have that right mindset, everything kind of flows out of that because it is a great opportunity. The other thing that I really liked about your answer was that you also talked about the reciprocity of the process, right? So it's not just, I want somebody with this, this, and this. It's like, but also here's what this team can offer. Here's why we would be in a really attractive group that you might want to be a part of because here's all the benefits and advantages that we have as well. Yeah. I mean, if you think about hiring and the responsibilities of of hiring and attracting talent, it's a very creative process if you think about it, right? Where a lot of us like to think about it very logically. It's this is the role. Either somebody left or it's an opening. This is what someone currently does in this role. This is their background. This is what I need to find. It's very rigid. It's very logical. Where if you think about it and take a step back, success can look very different in that role and can come from very different backgrounds. So it's an exciting opportunity to think about what is the role, what are the skills, not experience, that would lead to success in that role, and where can those skills come from? Not from a traditional sense. I mean, if you were doing a position at bank A, you could do that position at bank B is traditionally how we recruit. Whereas if you actually think about the skills that would lead to success on my team would be X, Y, and Z, where could those skills come from? It really opens up the talent pool and allows for more creativity in hiring than such a logical, rigid, strict framework. Yes. And you actually almost, you answered half of my next question, which is, I was going to ask about diversity. So diversity in the workforce, like there's tons of research. We don't even need to quote all of the benefits and the metrics that are out there about the um, how organizations, their teams, their clients, everybody benefits from having a diverse workforce. And diversity is on so many different levels, like everything, it starts, you know, there's gender, there's race, there's background, there's so many different levels of diversity. So exactly what you said, it almost feels safer to say, okay, if this person has been successful doing job A, then I know that they can definitely do job A in my role. But I guess with the world changing and needing more than just people who can just follow procedures, um, that's not necessarily um, enough anymore, not necessarily safe. So um, one, my, my question for you is, again, for the manager, how can they increase their odds of getting a larger pool of people to apply for their roles as opposed to, you know, the same, the same old characters with the same traditional backgrounds? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think the market is forcing organizations to be more creative in the recruitment approach, and it, which is a good thing. But what we do know is previous experience is not 
the leading indicator for success in that role. We overvalue that. If they've done this role somewhere else, they can do that here is a myth. Before the pandemic, it was proven to be incorrect in terms of that's not an indicator for success. So the way you're going to get diverse talent, first of all, is you actually have to value diversity genuinely and authentically yourself. It can't just be a buzzword or something you're looking to do to check a box in a corporate scorecard. And that's where it essentially starts. So if you genuinely want diversity and value diversity in your team, that's the starting point. The second is to really break down the skills that are required for success in the role. If you can simplify what it is you're looking for, you're going to have ability to reach a wider audience. The more rigid you make the skills and experience you're looking for, you're narrowing the talent pool and you're making it more intimidating for otherwise great talent to feel that they can contribute and have success in that role. Whereas if you simplify it, you're opening it up to more diverse backgrounds of individuals that want to come for work with you. So the first tip I would say is you need to genuinely value diversity and understand what it can do for your team. And secondly, you need to simplify what it is from a skill set perspective of what you're looking for. And if you do those two things, you will have diverse candidates that want to come and work for you. Okay, great. Those are some awesome tips. And again, similarly, it goes back to mindset because you're saying you have to get your mindset right about diversity, why it is that you want it. It's not a tick box. You need to really understand the value and buy into that. Um, and um, and yeah, in terms of, I can say from my my experience personally in my career, there's so many roles that I've gotten into, not because I knew the specifics of that role, but because of the transferable skills that I was able to bring to the table. And then some of those more mechanical things and the technical stuff, well, there are courses, there's uh, procedures and stuff like that that are always there that you could learn those things. So yes, that's definitely great, great advice in terms of growing the diversity of your of your team. So now, so we've talked very much about the manager on the manager side, but if we flip it now to a candidate, so going into a job interview, you know, you go online, you get all the tips about here's what you need to wear, here's what you need to say, all this other stuff, be, be nice to the um, person at the front who greets you, like there are all these how-tos. And often it can feel very much like we're on an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and we're desperately trying to put our best foot forward and we really want to get picked. But I sense that that's not the best advice that you would give a candidate if you were prepping somebody to go into a role. So my question to you is, what are some of the success tips that you would share with somebody who's going into an interview for a position? First of all, I love the Bachelor Bachelorette reference. And I also find it funny that people, quote unquote, win the Bachelor, like they like it's a relationship that they win. But like, anyway, we could probably have a full conversation about that. But uh, to your point, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, there's no secret that candidates are in control of the labor market right now. They've never been more valued than they are now, just because the lack of supply in terms of there's more jobs out there than there are people to fill them. So candidates are getting inundated with requests for new jobs. and things. So there's a lot of demand. The problem is, is candidates haven't had this power, this responsibility before. So they're transforming how they're attacking us. And I can tell you over my career, you know, when I have a candidate interviewing, we always do an interview prep. And when they, when they reach out, they want the answers. They want me to say, 
Mike, what are they going to ask me so I can prepare the perfect answer for those questions? And even though I know what those are, I'd be doing a massive disservice to them if I did give them those questions, because it's not about answering the questions right and preparing the right answer. It's being genuine and authentic to yourself and making sure if you want to do prep work before, have your own questions in terms of what you want to ask the hiring manager, because this is a two-way interview. Every interview is an exchange. Just because they may value the skills that you bring, do you know what kind of leader they are? Do you know what their leadership style is? Do you understand how they manage people and what success in the role would look like for you? Those are questions that you would want answered before you decide to work with that individual. So it's just as important that you're authentically representing yourself and the skills, but also you're asking the right questions for potentially your future boss to get an understanding of what they're like to see if their leadership style is a right match for you in terms of where you are in your career and where you want to go. So my prep for candidates is think about all the leaders you've had in your career. Think about positive and negative attributes that they've had. And then think about if you could build the perfect boss based on all of the ones you've had, what do they look like? What skills do they have? How do they manage you? How do they support you? What did they do that really got you excited about work? You write those down. And then what you're going to do is you're going to come up with questions that you're going to ask the interviewer to see if they meet your criteria as much as you're meeting theirs on the other side. That's the interview prep that I give my candidates because it's very important that if they do offer you a role, you know for sure that you want to work there instead of just getting an offer and then thinking to yourself, is this the right one for me? Do I know what I'm signing up for? Like get all those questions ahead of time, get your data, get all that, that work ahead of time. So you know that it's the right environment for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, you know, if you're putting on a certain face and you get into the role again, now it's going to be stressful. You might not be able to, you know, once you start to be yourself, it's important for them to know exactly who you are when, what, what it is that you need. Right. So in order for you to be to, to do your best work. Like that's what we're trying to do is set people up to do their best work and to have their best work among the team. So thank you. So that's some really great advice. Um, I guess, I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit about what your firm does around um, changing that. Um, well, I have a question. I have a question for you first, if that's okay. That's not how it works, but sure. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say based on the Based on the prep that I was just talking about from a candidate perspective and thinking about skill sets that you admire in bosses, what came to mind when I said that to you in terms of your checklist of, of all the people you've worked with before? Are there certain qualities that came out that were like, these would be important for me? Absolutely. So for me, what's really important is the whole empowerment piece. That's very huge. You got to leave me alone and give me some latitude. Definitely hold me accountable and so forth. Um, so that's very important for me. Um, being available. So when I when I need you. So I've been in, in some great roles with um, pe- with leaders who are just they're all over the place. Sometimes they're all over the country and so forth. So they're not easily accessible. But if a problem comes up, they've already told me whether it's a text message or whatever. When you really need me, here's how you could find me. And that worked fabulous. So we could not talk for maybe three, four weeks just because of schedules and what's going on. But I know that if I'm in a jam and I'm stuck and I need some guidance or some input, I know exactly how I could get a hold of them when I need them. And they're there the same way they say that they're going to be there. They are there for me. And also like just supporting. So, again, when you say, yes, I support initiative, 
That also means that guess what? With initiatives, sometimes I might make a decision that may not be the best or what you would have done, but that's not an opportunity to come down on somebody and say, oh no, you should. It's an opportunity to say, okay, I get where you were going with that. Hopefully there is some logic to the decision I made, but here's how I would do it differently or here's what, but it's always in a mindset of, empowering me with the information I need to be able to move forward. And actually there's one manager in particular that I, I didn't work for him, but I observed him and I thought it was so great that sometimes like everybody would want his time all the time. And he would always make these comments when it's like, no, 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 you can talk to Mike. Like I have full confidence that Mike is going to be able to, to take care of that. Mike knows how to reach me if he needs me. No, no, no. And he was always very empowering of his team members And I just remember like noticing that and thinking, you know, how great it is to be able to have your boss so publicly demonstrating their confidence in you. And I'm sure behind the scenes as well, that that was also happening. So those are some of the keys for me. It's really about, yeah, being available when I need you, but leave me alone and let me do my job. Give me some latitude. I love that. I love the, the empowering and, and, and qualities. I mean, that to me is so powerful to know what it is you want. Like I asked that and, and like telling the listeners that do this, we didn't prep this ahead of time. We didn't know that this was going to be, but you knew exactly what it was. You have the awareness and the ability to know what you need to thrive in an environment. And I'd say to any candidates doing that, take the time to really figure that out for yourself because it's very individual. It's very unique to you. And it's something that you need before you look for a job, get rid of the title, get rid of the company. Doesn't matter if they don't meet this thing, it's not going to be a great job for you. But if they do, then it's the start of, yes, this could be a good environment for me. So uh, thanks for sharing that. That was really cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that worked out. And if it didn't, we would have edited anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because one other thing I just wanted to wrap this together with in terms of putting the whole thing in context is there's so many like, you know, those brand name companies that we think of like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool place. This is a cool place to work and stuff like that. But just based on a lot of research that I've done and learning about some of these organizations, recruitment is at the core of why they're able to have such empowering environments and so forth, because they bring the right people in. And when there are issues, they have a really rigorous um, process, but but for the most part, they make sure that they're bringing in the right candidate who fit in and buy into what the organization is about. And that is like 50% of the battle. Once you have the right people who are on the right um, page with you, the rest of it can be much easier. So really a lot of the companies that I've experienced that struggle, often they don't have the right folks there and they're just not in a position to really rigorously recruit new people. So that's in terms of the, the importance of recruitment, I found that to be very critical. Yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it. It's, it's, you know, top talent want to be inspired by the individuals they're working with and for, um, and organizations always claim that people are their biggest asset. And that's why I'm such a strong believer in that organizations need to dedicate the same amount of resources that they use to acquiring customers as they do to attract talent. And some of the brands that, you know, we think about that have the best and brightest talent, they spend a lot of time and energy to go out and make sure they're, they're attracting those and they're retaining them and training them. And they're real ambassadors of the culture because it's very important that they meet that. So um, it's important for everybody. If you're looking at it from a micro level, if you want to build a culture of a team, what is that culture? What does it represent? And as you're building it, making sure that you're making that culture stronger and better 
um, and not sacrificing that for a hire that you think could just do the job in the short term, but they don't fit with everybody else. Like that never works. And never, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and never works. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. So thank you so much, Mike. Just before we go, I want to find out like, where can people contact you? Where can they find out more about Spark Recruiting if they're, if they're interested in connecting? Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, come and find me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a recruiter. So I'm on LinkedIn all the time, probably too much. Um, also our website, sparkrecruiting.ca um, has our bios there with myself, my, my business partner, Brian, who we went to high school together. So we have a foundation of trust. We've known each other for way too long. So uh, it's fun. And what we're doing is, is very innovative and disruptive in the hiring space. And we're having a lot of fun doing it too. So if hiring to you is stressful, I will challenge you that if you talk to me, I can make it fun for you. I promise. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you as I fully expected it would be. So hope you have a great rest of your day and I'm looking forward to continuing to stay connected. If you enjoyed that interview, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, My Lemonade Stand. You can also stream it off of your favorite podcast streaming platform. Looking forward to seeing you next time.